0: What is up everyone? Hey, it's Nick with the Arsenal Bros. I have Kevin and Ben with me here today and we are going to preview the 22-23 season. And let's just say we are very optimistic. You're going to want to dig into this. Lots of predictions, hot takes, and everything in between. Let's have a go. Welcome everyone. The Arsenal Bros are here and we are Ready to get cracking on our season preview podcast. As always, with me, I have Ben and Kevin. Benji, predictions going to be coming in hot, aren't they? Oh, just so many hot takes abound. We, we've been ready for this. Yeah, the hot takes will boil your tea on its own. Mm. I have some tea as well, so we are we are well-boiled. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. Your mic sounds as great as you're doing.
1: I appreciate that. It I turned some of our big time Arsenal Bros revenues into into this microphone purchase. So I'm hoping the the listeners will be blessed by a much smoother sounding voice on this side. And as far Thanks. as Arsenal goes, I'm actually starting to get a little bit nervous because it seems like the season is here. <laughs>
0: It's about as here as it can be without being here. I mean, the season starts Thursday with the uh, all or nothing, and then uh, then the main course is uh, Friday. So can't wait. It's uh, creeping up. Every day we wake up, we're, we're that much closer. But
2: here, Here's a question to start out. On a scale of 1, 1 being Tottenham, to 10, 10 being starting the season, uh, how excited are you for the all or nothing, Doc? to drop
0: uh, I, yeah I'm gonna go like a seven or eight I mean I'm really excited you guys know I'm a big Mikael fan and I'm excited to I think especially with last transfer window last summer I'm excited to hear more about that and uh, what was going on with all that so yeah I'm uh I think Mikael's a good band manager so I'm excited to see how uh how he takes care of business from there
1: I, I'd also say I'm about an eight, say about an eight. I think, obviously, the season did not end exactly the way we were hoping it would, which would have made it easily a ten. But, wow. but watching the the previews that they've put out just gets you excited. Mikkel's speech in the locker room before the Norwich game had I probably listened to it fifteen times, and. It just, it got, I was ready to run through a wall and before kickoff on Friday, I'm sure I'll pull that up another time or two just to listen and it'll, it'll also just be cool to get such a behind the scenes look on some of the guys from last season.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's one of the things I'm really excited about is to get to know the squad a little bit more and just see the ins and outs of what's happening just from a watching Mikel, but also watching the players. I think that's going to be super fun. So I'm, I'm at like an eight and a half or nine. I'm so hype. I love the all or nothing documents. So, uh,
0: documentary. So I'm pretty pumped. Sweet. Yeah. It will be a good, uh, it will, I think it will give us a little framework for the season and to, to see the club a little bit. Yeah, you're right. It, it uh, ended sadly, but looking forward to, uh, checking it out all right you guys ready to uh well before we talk about the season season upcoming wanted to finish preseason slash the summer so we're gonna get cracking ben describe pre-season in one word glorious it's about it went about as good as it
2: it could have i mean it really did it was it was really glorious. glorious uh I don't know It's just <laughs> super exciting and fun to see the guys just really seem to turn a corner it feels like we're just a little more dialed in on like how do we want to play and so my expectations are probably up a little too high um and I'm actually starting to like get nervous because at least in here in the states like when a team has a really good like NFL or NBA preseason Sometimes their regular season is just trash, so I'm I'm a little nervous, but also I'm cautiously optimistic at this point. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, back and forth.
0: I'm I'm glad we won some games. I think I think you're right. Ultimately, we're seeing patterns come together, so that's been uh, huge. Kevin, what would you say you would describe preseason?
1: As the word i will use is cooking Ooh, and it's a, obviously a shout out to adu and everything he's done and i feel like if we want to continue that metaphor like we are boiling water in a pot right now about ready to explode over the top mm-hmm. and I, I hear that in the background there ben and, and I'm just very, very excited to see what this f- final product will look like for us. And I know we might not be done yet in the transfer window, but I feel like we are being cooked to perfection right now.
0: I like that. And that answer leads into my next question of, let's say, best case scenario, we have two more signings still incoming. Kevin, who are they?
1: Number one, this is an easy one. I think we're going to go with Telemans. And there's rumors every day about this deal being further along. And it's honestly feels like a joke at this point because (laughs) we've seen people say personal terms are agreed. Terms are agreed with Lester. And it feels like Groundhog Day literally since the end of May with these rumors. And, Now that all these, a lot of these outgoing players have gotten out or are very close to getting out, I feel like that door's opened for that move to be made. And then as far as a second player, I'm honestly not sold that we're going to get a second player right now.
0: But let's say if we were to get two.
1: If we were to get, we're just playing for funsies here. Yeah, yeah. Man, I will go... Because let's, let's,
0: the, the the rumors are saying center mid and the a, a winger an attacking player, so let's just let's just put something out there.
1: I'll just put this out there. I say we are going to go big, and Leroy Sané will be our Bayern Munich input or import. We thought it m- might be our old friend Gnabry, but. Leroy Sane being reunited with Mikel to lead the line for us.
0: Brilliant. Well, ben, who are two that we're getting?
1: Oh,
2: that's a good one. I think I have to go Tielemans as well. And I will go, oh, Nick, I don't want to steal your guy. You can. You can. I'm gonna have to say, Gakpo.
0: I, I would be very happy with that uh, window. So,
1: and yeah. just so everyone's clear here, after I gave my answer, I texted the group and said I wouldn't steal Gakpo from Nick.
0: <laughs> oh. And Ben
1: swoops right in. He might not even have seen it yet.
2: It. I muted my notifications.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I so I, I was ready to say Gakpo. And I'm like, you know what? I can't do that to Nick. I know he's gonna say it.
2: Nick, you go ahead and you can you can riff on Gakpo. I'll just keep my answer short.
0: I mean, I hope we get him. Everything is is saying that they probably the, the most important thing that I've read is they're not going to sell him before the Champions League qualifiers are done. They had their first leg against Monaco today. It finished one one. So he's a He's about as loyal as they come, but I also think he knows this is a, a window for him to to get his move. So I'll be very interested to see if uh, if he gets it. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't talk about him enough, so I would absolutely love to have him, but I'm not sure. I, I think Tillman's, I mean, it seems like it's going to happen. I don't know. Part of me feels like maybe it won't. I don't know, but. We'd love him. We'd love Gakpo. I mean, selfishly, I'd love two more players incoming. It seems like the outgoings are starting to heat up with Leno, official Pablo, Marie, Close, Terrera Close, these loans, Baligan, and other loans, Patino. You know, we're, we're we're knocking things down. So keep going, and maybe we get those two. And uh, I think we'd be pretty pleased with that. So, yeah. All right. Well, now on to the season. Now to things that haven't happened and uh, the the meat of this preview. Speaking of cooking, right?
1: Hmm.
0: All right. First question, Kev. Who will be our 2022-2023 Arsenal player of the season?
1: I think... Based on our power rankings last week, we kind of landed with two guys who, in my opinion, are fighting for that, which would be Jesus and then obviously Starboy. And I think we've been so desperate for goals over these last few seasons, and we've seen what Jesus is capable of already in his short preseason cameos for us. I think that he scores 20 plus goals, and I think that itself wins him, the Arsenal Player of the Year.
0: I would love that. Yeah? Yeah, that is a splash of a signing, one that, one that we could desperately have used the last year, but if he gets a job done this year, I think uh, it leads us to where we want. Ben, who are you predicting?
2: I think that if he is healthy all season, that actually Thomas Party would parte would be our uh player of the season. I think when he's been on, we've just hummed at a different level. It might be tough just because um I do think Jesus will score a lot score and assist a lot and uh has been so brilliant. But I do think Thomas Party could just be this missing piece for us to really lock things down and, and push us
0: forward. Yeah, his importance to the squad is massive, and we've yet to get that full season with him. If we get that full season, I think we're we're destined for the promised land. So I am going to go with the back-to-back-to-back Okada oh. Saka. I think he's taking even another jump going to get that super max contract locked in and we're going to see an even higher level.
2: I love it. I think that's a, that to me feels like the boldest prediction of the three, just because winning a triple back to back is unprecedented. And so I think, um, I
0: think that's a good picnic. Thank you. There's there. Do- Beginning of the hot takes.
1: I do love Ben's shout on Partey and I I think if we were to list our most important player it would be him. I think he's the most irreplaceable player on our on our squad right now, which is a worry considering his injury record. But I think what he does is so hard for many people to see that that dirty work just doesn't always get rewarded like it should in terms of the fans loving him.
0: Yeah, when he is on, we are absolutely ticking, and I think we really saw that last year. And would love to have him fit and and going again this year. So thank you everyone. Transitioning a little the player of the season always goes to the, the hottest offensive player. Oh, man. He wanted to shift well, I made a little the wrong bit. Pick then. <laughs> well, I mean, tr- traditionally, but I wanted to look at defensive player of the season. Ben, I I think you could say Party enhances our offense in that second buildup stage for sure. And as good as he is defensively, I'm thinking more of somebody on the back line slash keeper. So, Ben, who would you say is your prediction for defensive player of the season, and why? Um, I, am,
2: I I think Gabrielle's going to continue to have a great season, but I'm actually going to go Takiero Tamiasu at right back. I think if he is fit and healthy, we've talked about this on the pod before, just how there's no one like him in the prem. The way he plays, his stature, his size at the right back position. I think we'll we'll have a little bit more center back cover so we don't have to wear out our center backs. And so I think he'll play a decent amount. I don't think Ben white will be out at right back long-term. And so I think he comes in and and really just shures things up and gives us a a great look. I mean, his goals against record was unreal last
0: year. It's definitely one where we need that fitness for him for sure. And, Similar to the party scout, that is just the biggest concern for sure. So, agreed. Kevin, who would you say is your prediction for defensive player of the year?
1: Man, how good is our back line overall? There's so many options to choose from here. And, you know, you look back at last season, for a while, KT was arguably our most valuable player on our squad. He was wearing the armband. And he almost feels like an afterthought right now, as far as this discussion goes. But I've been bouncing back between Gabrielle and Saliba, and I think Gabrielle gets the most minutes out of everyone on our back line, and simply due to that, I think that will that for me lands him as our most valuable player on that back line and i hope that he can match his goal total from last year i think that was a very underrated part of his game was he might have been the leading scorer as a, the leading scoring in center back in the league last year which is an incredible stat line
0: yeah he he was the the league's leading um what am i trying to say the, the highest scoring defender in the yeah, league yeah. With, with five goals which we needed every one of those five goals. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, he, he, he has uh, he has grown tremendously. And, uh, yeah, we have a, a linchpin there for sure.
1: And I think so much of this question is dependent on the health of our back line because if if Tierney's out and hurt all season, then Zinchenko could step up and be massive for us. Or if – I know Ben – called Tomiasu as his defensive MVP. If he is hurt for a significant portion of the season, I love Ben White, but I think Ben White is best as a center back. And then that gives a chance for a guy like Saliba to get major minutes in play. And it just shows how much quality we have. I know there was that picture going around Twitter today. Two years ago, our, there was a tweet from AFTV that said, it was, I think, Holding and Mari and asked if these were our center backs of the future.
0: Wow, I remember that. Those Swing pretty- and a miss. That was uh, just huffing the hopium. um, probably the cope hope both of them. I mean, laced together. I mean, we were we had to cope with what we had and uh, turn that into hope somehow. But that was uh, those were some dark days. When we talk about trying to pick a defensive MVP that year. That was uh, not good, but. I am gonna go with Ben White. You guys know he's my boy. I really, really consider Aaron Ramsdale because I do think he's gonna take a massive step this year. Now being settled, um, but I'm gonna go with White because of the um, flexibility to play at right back. I think that's so valuable, and just his ball playing, I think, you know, gives us so much moving forward and has helped us transition into the next stage of the rebuild. So I think his flexibility, I mean, I'd love to to be fit all year because if he is, I think we're going to do big things, but I think the flexibility of white um, and his underrated leadership, he's such a different kind of character, but he, uh, he loves to defend and I really value that. So I'm going to go Benny Blanco.
2: I had that, uh, that written down before you even started talking
0: (laughs) i was really close to going with ramsdale but the flexibility of white did it for me so under underrated but all good shouts i mean we could wax lyrically about all of our back line which we could not two or three years ago even the the back line that started the season last year i mean that's not one that's going to pick up many points so Big pluses for sure. All right. We're going to transition to signing of the summer. So we have brought in, of course, the illustrious Gabriel Jesus. We've brought in Fabio Vieira from Porto. We've brought in Matt Turner, our fellow American. We've brought in Alex Zinchenko from City as well. Am I missing anyone? Marquinhos. Marquinhos, yes. We will add him as well. Kevin, who would you say is our signing of the season? Or are you going to make a bold prediction that it's going to be somebody who's not here yet?
1: That thought crossed my mind. <laughs> I, re- I really wanted to do it. But to be fair, I sound like an idiot if I predict our player of the season to be Gabriel Jesus. And then I don't call him our best signing.
0: Mm. Well,
2: it's
1: okay. But am I allowed am I allowed to be an idiot?
2: I mean, it gives you a little wiggle room so you're not wrong twice, just in case, but also the fact, you're... the fact
0: that you're on this allows you to be an idiot, so just that spread your wings. That's very
1: true. So I will spread my wings and fly, and I'm going back to the same destination. I will come in with a bit of a hotter take here. I think Gabriel Jesus wins the golden boot this year. Oh in you heard it here. I think – I just look at Holland at, at City, and I know, Ben, you love him. But I think that's going to be a transition, not just for him, but for City playing through an, a true number nine. And I just don't see Darwin Nunez scoring the goals at Liverpool. And there's no way I'm predicting another North London player to compete for the Golden Boot. So. I honestly feel like Gabriel Jesus could win the golden boot this season. And that's why I do call him our signing of the summer.
0: Man. I love that. I'm all here for that. Ben.
2: I have nothing to add. I'm going uh, Gabriel Jesus as well.
0: It's really hard to go against that. I mean, as much as I'd love to be a hipster and say Fabio Vieira, we just haven't seen him and you, you just can't. You, I I really hope he surprises a lot of people, but yeah, I think uh, the safe bet on this is Jay Z, just because I I think part of it is what we lacked significantly, but part last season. If we want to have Kev talk about that a little bit, no, just kidding. We've spent a lot of time about that, but I think also just. Goals, but he's going to add pressing. He's going to add hold up play. He's going to add assists. He's going to add leadership. He's going to. We talked last year about games that, you know, big games, and we would ask, you know, who's been in these kind of games. We haven't. We don't have a team of guys that have been in these games before, but confidently, Jesus has. If anyone has on the team, it's him. So excited to add him into the squad for sure all right our next question is kind of our academy transition so the past three years we've had an academy player solidify their spot in the squad so three years ago saka burst onto the scene especially in the europa league uh two seasons ago we had Rowe come on a boxing day and be a revelation from there last season he even later than that eddie and Katie, comes on and, and really pushes our top four hopes and giving us something we needed. Who would you say is the guy this year? Kind of tricky. We, we have lots of loans compared to the Mika Beereth on loan, Nikolai Muller on loan, Charlie Patino about to be loaned out, Marcelo Flores loaned out. So the options are uh, Flo Balagan loaned out as well. So the options are dwindling, but there's got to be somebody that's going to take advantage of those Europa League minutes, maybe the League Cup minutes. Who would you guys say that is? We'll start with you, Ben. Yeah, I've been looking through
2: and it's kind of tough to know who. Um, I think Brooke Norton Cuffey is going to take another loan. And, you know, Miguel Aziz was recalled from his loan. And so I think he's kind of the safest pick. Uh, but we do have a little room at Winger. And so I'm gonna go kiddo Taylor Hart. Mm. I think um he's been pretty good. I know George Lewis has had some some really good moments um for the U twenty threes, but I'm gonna go uh go kiddo because I think I've seen him play, he seems pretty dynamic.
0: Kevin?
1: Nick, this is a great question. I want to give you props on this because I think you knew it wouldn't be easy.
0: Well, it, uh, as I came up with these questions, it has uh, changed significantly with some of the big loans.
1: That That is very true.
0: It's maybe not as easy as it was.
1: For sure. And this answer may be cheating. I'm not sure. You can vote me down. But I believe Marquinhos will count as a homegrown player due to his age profile when we signed him. And I think that he is really going to come onto the scene in some of the cup games this fall and then in the Europa League group stage matches for us. I don't know if you guys saw Jacques's comments about him from either today or yesterday, but he was raving about him. said he is very comparable to Martinelli when Martinelli first joined us. And... Mm -hmm he came onto the scene Martinelli did in that fall and some of those, I believe in Europa group stage games and those cup games also. So I think Marquinhos is a guy that I think so many have written off just because we have so much depth up there already, but I see him coming in and turn into a player that we quickly fall in love with.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, Again, similar to Vieira, we just don't know. So, I'm all about it. I am going to go, man, there, you know, there's more loans coming. So, I'm like, who, who's it going to be? You just never know who's going to go down and who's going to come up and make a difference. I really want to say Salah Adin, but I anticipate a loan for him. As well as Brook Norton Cuffey. I'm going to go Zane Monlewi. He's a right back, and I know Murder Soccer rates him really highly. Um, I don't know Europa just could be the time. That might be a little bit of a punt, but Zane Monlewi is uh, is where I'm going. Okay. All right, Kevin, you touched on this a little bit. We had a little over-under on Jesus scoring over-under 19.5 league goals. Does he hit that 20 range? Kev, we'll start with you. It sounds like a yes.
1: Well, I'm stuck. I said he scores 20 goals, which just hits the over, which means we both are pretty much Vegas. We need to come back to this DraftKings sponsorship, sponsorship mm. a little bit. Yeah. And maybe – Maybe let them reevaluate their decision to not reach out over the past week. <laughs> but I think if if Gabriel Jesus stays healthy, I think 20 goals, basically one goal a game, or one goal every other game, I think there's going to be games where he scores multiple goals. In fact, against Crystal Palace on Friday, I already have a bet down for him to score a goal each half. Oh, wow. I know five dollar bet pays out at like a hundred and ten bucks. Hmm. So I, I might upgrade to a even bigger boy microphone <laughs> if we, if we hit that. But that'd be great. I, I, I do think twenty goals is is possible, and I think it'll be made easier by hopefully a few games this year, which we haven't had very many of in the past, where we win three, four, five nil against teams, and and he gets a hat
0: trick. Man, that would be that'd be pretty neat. Great, yeah. Ben, what do you think? Over under nineteen point five league goals for Gabriel yeah. Jesus.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go take the under. Ooh. I think he'll. I think he'll actually be creating a lot. Um, he's a great finisher, but I think we'll see some really sneaky interplay between him and Sokka Martinelli, and Odegaard, and so. I think he'll actually have a decent assist number to go with. I want to say 15 or 17 goals. Um, So I think I'm going to put him at the under there and say 16 league goals.
0: Okay. I am going to go with the over. I uh, mainly because I want to see that, but I think you, I agree, Ben, as much as he can be a provider, I think we're going to possibly see Sokka and Martinelli turn more provider than they've had to be. I mean, looking at this, they've had to be goal scorers. And I just think they, you know, the pressure will be off them a little bit to, to score so much. And maybe they take advantage of that in, um, in finding Jesus. So that's where I'm going with that. So. I uh I mean if if we finally get him over 20 league get somebody over 20 league goals um probably a good spot we were very far from that last year so yeah
2: I think so- um I think yeah I think I might be underrating just how much of a leap up he is for us this year I mean he's been prolific in the preseason um so I really do hope I'm wrong
0: I, I hope yeah. you're wrong too, Ben, dang it.
1: And, you know, you mentioned Saka and Martinelli there, hopefully also taking steps forward again in terms of assists. What about goals? What, I think if we're all in agreement that Gabriel Jesus is going to be the leading scorer this season for us, who else gets into that double digit goal tally for us in the, are we saying in the prem for this?
0: Yeah, I, I like the idea of league league goals just because of the consistency of the competition, but I like that. I am going to go – well, this year we had, what, Sokka, Smith-Rowe, and Martinelli. I am going to say Martinelli and Sokka for sure. Um, I think – my thought is Smith-Rowe is going to transition a little back into the midfield. Um, and I think Jesus is going to pick up some major slack, but I'm going to go, um, yeah, with Saka and Martinelli. If I had to pick one for second leading score, I'm going to pick Martinelli. Okay. How many goals do you think he'll have?
2: 12, 12 league goals.
0: Okay. Well, how many goals did you say Jesus was going to have? I didn't get that. No, oh, I just said the over. Uh, Give me like twenty three. Ooh, spicy! Yeah, numbers. All
2: right. I uh, I also think Martinelli. I th- I didn't think anybody else would pick him, but maybe I'm I'm off on that. But I think I think him and Jesus have just played fantastic together, and I just I really do think he could have a huge breakout year. Um, I think he could really take take a giant leap forward and, and be our most improved player this season. And He's so awesome. I'll, I'll put him at, at 14 goals.
0: Love that.
1: Kev? 14's a great tally. I will not choose Martinelli, not just because both of you chose him, but penalty kicks are going to be an important way for us to score this season. I think the better teams in the league get more penalties and let's hope that VAR is our friend this season, much more than it has been so in the past. But I think it appears that Saka is going to take a majority of this penalty kicks for us. And I think that's good for six, seven, eight goals over the course of the season. And then you combine another seven or eight goals just in the run of play, which is definitely not out of the realm of possibility for Saka. He's done it before, clearly. I think that can get him into the around 15, 16 goals.
0: I actually heard on the Cast that Jesus has, I think in his career at City, taken, well, I don't know about taken, he made five and he's missed seven. That's a terrible penalty record, so that does not surprise me that he hasn't uh, taken any during preseason. I think at the end of the season, we saw Sokka take a couple. We saw Martinelli take one in the last game of the season against Everton. So I uh, will be interested. It seems like it's going to be Sokka. And somebody's going to get some more goals. So Well,
2: Mikel said during the season he was surprised that Sokka took some of those pens because Martinelli was actually tapped to do it. And so I think for all the pens Saka doesn't earn, I think Martinelli will take it. I, I do think that, that Mikel let that slip. And so uh, I'm going to put some, some stock into that as well. That's in,
1: That's very interesting. I did not, I did not hear that.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I know that for the, the Chelsea game, I think he, I know he wanted that one and, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I mean, both players confidence growing and you think their maybe egos growing a little bit as they become more selfish as scores, which isn't a bad thing when you have them up front, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see that play out. All right. Got more of a fun one. This doesn't need a long answer, but will Cedric continue his cult hero rise? Yes or no, and why or why not? Kev,
1: I'll I'll step up and answer this one. I think he absolutely continues his cult hero rise, and the reason may surprise you though. He, I don't see him getting a ton of minutes in the prem this season. I think Ben White would be a great option out wide if Tomiyasu isn't fit. But where we're going to see Cedric over and over again is in these celebrations in the corner <laughs> as we put the ball into, back, into the back of the net. I think we we saw Nuno all the time last year involved in those, and Cedric was too. And I think Cedric, has we've seen him embrace that role more and more. And that's going to be one of my favorite things to look for this year is the Cedric watch once the ball hits the back of the net. How quickly will he get to that corner flag to celebrate celebrate with the guys
0: it's safe to say he might be there before the players are the scorers they'll
2: just run into those uh sculpted arms in that tight uh kit it's gonna look so good on uh, on film so uh i i actually <laughs> i think he'll uh i think he'll just kind of fade and be a solid rotation player, but I think with Ben White being able to play right back, Tomiyasu coming back from injury and and hopefully ready for, for a full season. I, I don't think we'll see him as much. And so I don't think he'll be a cult hero. I think he'll just yeah, kind of uh, take take Moel Nenny's status.
0: Oh yeah that's a good shot. I could definitely see that. So great. I, uh, I hope so. I've uh, As much as I'm never excited to see Cedric in the lineup, I feel like uh, he has endeared me. So, I'm all about it. Okay, we've talked about injuries a little bit. Next question. Does Kieran Tierney and Thomas Partey combine for 50 league games? Last year, they played... Ben, what was the number? 40? 46. 46. So... Obviously, we had multiple small-party injuries. Um, We had AFCON. KT also had some injury niggles and then missed. I mean, both of them missed the run-in after the international break. Do you think they get to 50 league apps between them? Yes or no? Ben? I do. I think uh, I, they
2: kind of have to for my <laughs> prediction to be right that Thomas Party's our player of the season, so I feel obliged to say yes.
0: You've put yourself in a hole there. Yeah,
2: but I knew this question was coming, and I, I feel good about it. I think um, I think some things shift because we have a little bit more depth than we have. Um, yes, we'll be in a few more competitions, but... I don't think the strain will be on those players as much because we'll be able to rotate some. We have a defined system. I I think some things will really shake out. Okay. Fair
0: play. Kev?
1: I will join Benji on this one. I think Partey gets 30 games, and that means Tierney only needs eight, and I think Tierney will get, (laughs) I would say, hopefully close to maybe half the games. It's so hard to know what Mikel's going to do with that left-back spot. But I think that Tierney easily gets that remaining eight games if Partey gets, gets the 30. So I think they will definitely hit the over for us.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned this last pod, but having KT have the World Cup off, having a month off could be really good for him. So... I'm hoping uh, that's the case because uh, we definitely need him as excited we, as we are about Zinchenko. Um, having the both, there's might be games where they both play. If we're down chasing a goal, the Zinchenko for Zhaka certainly makes sense to me, and um, I think having both helps us maybe not rush KT back. Yeah, and obviously having party all season. Yeah, I said that earlier. I mean, we're going to do big things if we have him for 75% of the season. So, um, yeah, I just hope he stays fit for sure. He will have a World Cup. So, we've never had a full season of him fit. So, we don't know what that's like. We don't know what heights we can reach. So, we shall see. Okay, most used center back pairing so far this preseason – We've seen Gabriel consistently left center back. We've seen him with Ben White, which we saw most of last season. But lately we've seen a lot more Gabriel and William Saliba um, with Ben White having to cover for Tomiyasu. Kevin, who do you think is our most used center back combination?
1: I absolutely hate this question. with a burning (laughs) passion. It it
0: kind of implies something differently. um, And like who's going to be fit. But I'm interested to know who who gets out there the most.
1: It's such a, you're right. It's such a difficult question. So much depends on fitness for the players. And one of the things... I said the other day, Nick, when we were talking, was that secretly it's a blessing, I think, in disguise for Arsenal that Tomiyasu has been hurt in preseason, which has forced Ben White out there because it's gotten Saliba so much playing time at that center back spot, which hopefully will be good for his long-term Arsenal future. And I think the season will start off With, I know we haven't talked about the Palace lineup yet, but my guess is the way we've lined up the last two preseason friendlies will be the same way we line up against Palace. And if Arsenal are rolling with that back four of Zinchenko and White at outside back and then Saliba and Gabriel Gabriel center back, I think that it's hard to change that right away. So I'll go with Saliba and Gabrielle as my pick. And that is with about 25%
0: confidence. <laughs> it's it's a hard one to call because there are very important factors in play. Ben, would you agree or do you have another partnership?
2: Why don't you go, Nick? Because I'm still trying to be convinced and, and Kevin's helping me kind of decide. <laughs> so, Nick, what do you think?
0: Ooh, uh, oh, man. You've put me on the spot a little bit. I I guess the question is, in the league or is it uh, um, just overall in the season? I, I mean, so much depends on Tomiyasu. I'm going to have to agree with Saliba. I was going to say Ben White, but I don't have the hope that Tomiasu will be out there um, just last year i hope he is because i love him but yeah that's uh that's where i'm going i'm going saliba and gabriel and they have uh they have the language um both having played in the league on uh, with the french communication i think there's an understanding after getting these games so yeah i'm going saliba and gabriel
2: okay i think i'm gonna go rob holding and granite jacques or most used center back pairing, man. Could, Those you imagine, the days. could you imagine if we ended the season and that was it? All the things that would have gone wrong. Oof.
1: yeah, Jaka would hold it down in the back. I am confident about that. I am sure. not. So
0: you I'm don't, you, you are.
1: all right, you pair him with Rob Holding. I'm less confident. You pair him with White, Gabrielle, or Saliba, and the dude is getting it done.
2: I can see it. I think I'm just gonna do it just just to be a little different. I'm gonna go Gabrielle and, and Benny Blanco. I think it worked well for us last season, especially when we had uh, our first choice outside backs. I think I think that will be what we use the most. They also have bigger game experience than Saliba, but I I I feel terrible saying that because I think Saliba is a massive talent.
1: I do think that's our that's the most likely scenario right there. And the so the question will be is will we ever see those three out there as a three-back system? I'm gonna add this to our itinerary for the night. Can you ask the question again? Do we see Arsenal coming out with a back three in a match of Gabrielle, White, and Saliba?
2: I think so. I think we'll see it a few times this season.
0: I don't think so. But. All right, you're both on record. Chalk it up. What do you think, Kev?
1: Oh, man. The reason I asked that question is so I don't have to answer it. <laughs> but I I think Nick said no. I'm more inclined to lean no. I do think we could see it as a change during a match. Yeah. I, well,
2: it's, it's a tough question because the three of them will be on the field at the same time. Absolutely. In, in the attack, it'll essentially be a back three <laughs> at times. Yeah. Unless, because I was watching a few tactical videos today uh, on my lunch break and Ben White uh, playing right back actually tucked in as like a a little bit more centrally up high um, off of Saka who could stay wide. And so it actually wasn't, it was more of like a two back and then we clogged the midfield to, to prevent a transition. And so even then it didn't look like a back three. So I'm probably wrong, but I think in a big match, maybe a second leg, we could see a back three of those those
0: guys yeah sure. hmm. interesting we'll, we shall see yeah I mean I think you can see them in that position attacking wise but I just we don't really have the wing backs to do it so that's that's why I'd say no but yeah great question Kev I love it okay we talked a lot about Aaron Ramsdale and his great start and maybe him leveling out. I guess we don't really need a a number or oh, really isn't of a, a value, but do you see Ramsdale ironing out some consistency or do you seeing uh you know some some erratic Aaron Ramsdale, I guess. I don't know. You guys know what I'm asking.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think he'll have a very solid season. I don't think he'll be without error. I don't think he'll be goalkeeper of the year in the Prem, but I think he will be better
0: than last year. That'd be great. Kev, our goalkeeping expert?
1: Our goalkeeping expert will provide an answer that I think will satisfy everyone in that he will be much more, much more, what's the word I'm looking for? Man. I will say dependable. I think last year, we, I like to use the word erratic with Ramsdale sometimes, and I think that's part of just his overall personality and playing style. But I think where he's going to be much more, dependable for us this year is not giving away the ball as needlessly as he did sometimes last year where he seemed like he passed it straight to guys on the other team and would get nervous with the ball. Does he, I think having a year in the system building out of the back, building that confidence and you've already seen it in preseason this year with some of the balls, he's absolutely pinged out of the back, especially to Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus will also provide a deep outlet much better than we had last season. So I think that alone will help him become more dependable and consistent and just also having another full year of playing and a year of confidence will go a long way for him.
0: Yeah. Well said. He was my defensive player this season. So yeah, I'm going to have to have him have a, uh, a big season, but I think, one thing you can look at is he's just he's been there. He he's had a season at this level after having played for Bournemouth and Sheffield United. So this is different. So it's uh yeah, I think he can take that step for sure. So we'll keep moving. Our new captain, my boy, Martin Odegaard. How do you guys see him as a leader replacing Pierre and Michael bombing slash Alex Lacazette last season. How do you see him attempting to steady the ship in terms of being a leader? I think this, he
2: will be the best captain we've had in years. I think we'll see it on the pitch. I think he'll continually just be very consistent for us. I think he'll play his play. will go up, uh, go up a bit. Um, I think he's in line for a huge, huge season. Um, my wife actually picked him as the player of the season. Uh, and so I, I will, I'm going to accept her influence, listen to her and, uh, agree that that as captain we're going to be really impressed with him
0: i love that i'm all about that
1: it's a great shout from from benny right there and when they discussed odegaard at first i was a little bit unsure about it just because of the age profile and some of the inconsistencies and just didn't didn't know if he had kind of the the rough side to his personality that sometimes you need in order to be a captain. But just thinking about it more, and my gut tells me that when we watch the all or nothing over this next week, that we're going to see a ton of those characteristics and traits from Odegaard that is needed for the captaincy. And I think that will go a long way to convince everyone why Mikhail made the right choice and making him captain. So it's a move that I am definitely here to see and, and think will be a great move for not only Odegaard personally and his development, but the team as a whole.
0: Yeah, that's tremendous. I absolutely love, love hearing that. And um, I, I think just from what we've had in terms of, He's a new leader, so absolutely thrilled to uh, to kind of continue the rebuild with that. And you know I love him, so excited. Okay, last season we had six red cards, four in the league, two in the one Carabao Cup game. Do you guys see us having over under five red cards throughout the season? Are we back in the good graces, or are we still pressing and uh, up against it we'll what an with... awful
1: question I know I'll, but it's I'll we take the lead on this I think we will be did you say how many we had last year
0: we had six
1: six okay I will take the it's kind of a prick move putting the over under on a straight number. Because I think five is a great spot. So Vegas will probably win here because we'll land right on five. But I will go. You can push. I will. No. That's the – I'm not going to take the easy way out. Oh, gosh. I I hate this question. I hate. (laughs) Sorry, man. We've had some great ones today. I, I will take the, under, the I will take the under on this just out of hope that we won't need it, but would not be surprised too much either way. I think we're we've gotten a, rid of a lot of our discipline issues and egos in the in the past year or two, but the best teams in the world also get red cards at times. That's just part of it. They're willing to take it, especially at the end of a match if a challenge needs to be put in and we've got the depth now in a way, which allows us to do that more often, but hopefully we're not in a position for that to happen. So I'll go ahead and take the under on it.
2: Yeah. Ben, what do you I think, think, I think uh, Kev had some good points there. I I'm also going to take the under and I'm going to pair it with a slightly hot take. I do not think that granite Jaka will get a straight red this
1: year. I think Wow. Shut I, the pot down. We're we will call it now.
2: I'm writing it down in this document that's holding on to all of our silly predictions. No <laughs> straight red for Xhaka this season. I think uh, I think he turned a corner and, and I just feel I feel good about it. So under I'm gonna pick four red cards this year in all the competitions we're in.
0: I can't imagine a season without a Xhaka Red card. I really can't. But that would be amazing. I am going to go with the... Uh, I'm going to go with the over. We have more games, first off. And um, I think we're going to be in more intense games. And uh, that just doesn't always go well for us. So... So I will go with that. Let's see. Okay, we're we're, we're getting uh we're approaching the end of more of our regular questions. If you're still with us, thank you. Kevin, what are you most looking forward to this season?
1: Many, many things I'm looking forward to, but I think most looking forward to is I think this is a year we step forward and beat one of the big dogs at the emirates i don't know if it'll be liverpool or city and obviously we've not i think it's safe to say those are still the big dogs in the prem and we were so close against city last year and i think that at home with the crowd behind us we will get three points from one of those matches and i think that will be a signature win for this season and the future of this squad.
0: Love it. Looking forward yeah. to some cracking games at the Emirates for sure.
2: I think that's a good shout Kev. Like it's not something I was looking forward to, but as you said that it that's the, the what we've been asking for. We had a couple big wins, but they were so nervy and so almost like little brother wins. Hmm. And so, the, just as you were talking, it feels like, yeah, you know what? Like, I feel like this squad could have a, a, a top a top three side come in, and, and we hold hold firm, attack well, defend well, and it, it's like, oh no, they deserve to be here. Kind of like that January first game against City when we deserved to win and got absolutely screwed over by the ref. Um, I think we'll have more experiences like that this summer or this season. Um, And so I I think one of the things I'm looking forward to is just like, I think we'll hit puberty and, (laughs) and uh, maybe start to get our driver's license and, and show that, you know, we're, we're here, we've built this project and we're really starting to win and make some, make some waves in the league.
0: Man. Would love it. Would love to solidify that. I think I'm looking forward just to more games. I mean, adding the Europa League just adds more, and uh, having the World Cup kind of condenses things. So we're going to see things a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to these new signings. I mean, having six new signings last summer, and having. A good amount so far and maybe even more on the way. I mean, I'm just excited for just the the changeover. I think I'm most excited about having a mobile striker because I think our game will just transform because of it. So looking for a lot looking forward to a lot of things. Ben, what are you most worried about? I am worried
2: that. I'm worried about a lot of things. Oh, God. I, I'm worried that about is. injuries mm. and I am, I'm worried that we actually haven't bolstered our midfield enough. Oh, yet yet. <laughs> um, And so I think that could, I think we have so many guys going to the world cup and like you said, things will be condensed. And I just, I just would like to see a few more guys in the age range of like 26 to 28 who have have a little more experience, um, kind of fill out the squad. Not need to start week in and week out, but but can provide something that we don't have. Um, I know we signed El for another year, but. I think he's fine in these other competitions, but in the premier league, I think we just need a bit more. And so I'm a little nervous about our midfield.
1: For sure. I have said repeatedly and even on this pod before that I would much rather, if we were to only sign one player, the rest of this window, I would prefer a midfielder over a winger. And so to that point, Ben, I am completely with you. And my biggest worry I think would be either the left or right hamstring of Thomas Partey. (laughs) He is our most important player. And also not just our most important player, but I think the player with arguably the least cover on the squad. And maybe you could say Saka right now has less cover at his spot, but I think that, we just cannot afford, he is the absolute engine. And if he goes down, we're almost forced to change our setup. And so for me, my biggest worry is just his health. I would gladly donate both my hamstrings to him right now. If it ensured he played 34 plus games for us in the prem. But for me, that is my biggest worry.
0: Yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would take that deal and I would, uh, happened so yeah i i can't agree more about the injuries i mean our season just took such a 180 and and we were still battling and really made the most out of it but the three and then after that last international break why in the world do we have another international break at that time and KT comes back with one working knee and then Party goes down in that game. And yeah, Kev, I think you nailed it. I mean, without party, the system has to change because nobody can do what he does. And yeah, the backups were just too light. I mean, losing tyranny. I think I said this last time, but um the season was lost the last two years when we lost tyranny I mean you go back to the Europa League semis two years ago no KT and we got Joel Lopez on the bench Grant Xhaka at left back and then we had this past season no KT and we're going Nuno the rest of the season and our build-up is just all lost so hoping having Zinchenko helps with that obviously you can't predict them and I think we've just been uh, – we've been a bit traumatized by some of these key injuries. I mean, you think about losing a right back and a left back, how that kills your buildup. But especially when you lose your press-resistant center mid, okay, now now everything has to change. So I am uh, very worried about that because if we're fit, I mean, we saw that. We were one of the best teams in Europe. There was a stretch January to February. We were the top team in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to get as much of that as we can. And while we're healthy, we just need to accumulate as many points as possible. And I think we're going to get some good rotation in the Europa League because our squad is so big. And um, But, Kev, I hope you're right. For sure. So, all right. We will now go on to some, some league. End of the season. Remarks. we've gone through a lot. We've got a lot of hot takes. So, Kev, over under 75.5 points for us this year. That would safely be enough to finish in the top four. Just for
2: reference, Chelsea finished at 74 and finished third. Liverpool had 92 in second.
0: What did we finish last year with, Benny? 69. Nice. So, did
1: you? You called on me to answer this first, right?
0: Yes, 75.5. So, that is a six, that is a seven point boost.
1: I will take the over on that. I think we finish at 76.
0: Ben? Oh
2: man. I think we're better, much better this year, but I also think the league as a whole is tough. Uh so I'm gonna take the over.
0: I man. just have to. I have to. Yeah, as much as I'd like to, I'm gonna take the under because seven points is significant. But
2: we barely had any draws last year. Yeah, I mean, three draws.
0: You turn a couple of those losses into draws and things look a lot different. So that's what I'm saying. Like we so we
2: had 13 losses. So we definitely shouldn't have lost two of them. We should have won two of those. So already that's six more points and then add one more draw. That's seven.
0: And we're there. I mean, you make it sound intriguing. For the sake of this, I'm just going to stick with uh, what I had, but you've you've got me convinced that I think you guys are going to be right, and I hope you're right. That's a lot of points. That's a, just a lot of points to get in improvement, but that would be tremendous.
2: In Mikel, okay. we trust.
0: What we well, say it again? In Mikel, we trust. Oh, of course. fa cup finish we had an unceremoniously early exit at the city ground in our white kits we want to quickly forget that but the fa cup is our is our trophy we decide when to win it so kev are we gonna are we gonna change that
1: i don't i think we changed it in a way but i think that I wanted to say it would be a we'd crash out in the semis but if we're being honest we don't lose when we get to Wembley. so I think it'll be another one of these seasons where we get screwed with this Liverpool away or City away. It's that I just feel like that always seems to happen in these competitions and I'll have us go out in the quarterfinals in a penalty shootout against one of those top two teams.
0: Ben?
2: Uh, I'm also going to have us go out in the quarterfinals. I think it'll be somewhat tactical.
0: What? I said, geez.
1: I know. Nick, can you save us here? I think it'll be tactical. I think we're,
2: as you'll hear my other predictions. Okay, okay. I think that we'll have to prioritize, and I think we'll see some interesting lineups.
0: So, I do agree. I think we're really going to play the kids in the League Cup. Similar to what we did in the Wenger days. I mean, we're playing guys that we never heard of. And we we watch the Arsenal read about it more than about anything else. But I think we're really going to play a lot of those guys. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe we're just going to give that second team, the Europa team, more minutes. The Europa group stage team more minutes. I could see that as well. But I, it's going to be heavily rotated. So... I I'm going to say FA Cup semis Wembley. I mean it's been good to us. It's been good to Mikel, but I don't think uh I don't think we win it. I think we're going to go pretty hard at it, but our priority we have two priorities now in the league in Europa, so it's hard to prioritize something else. Um even if we play a stronger team at that point, but I'm going to go with that. Okay. Europa League finish. We're back in the dreaded Thursday nights, but could this be an avenue? Ben, uh, what do you think?
2: I think we're going to see some silverware this year.
0: Is this year the year?
2: I think so. I just, I really do think that we have the team to do it. Um and i think we're just going to light up thursday nights and get out of this competition for a few years and just uh be back where we belong in the champions league and i think we'll do it not only through the europa but spoiler alert through our epl finish
0: man the europa and top 4 double kev europa what are we doing are we are we hoisting another trophy or do you have other predictions
1: i hope the two of you are sitting down because i'm about to drop the hottest of takes right now not only do we win the europa league but in the knockout stage we go through manchester united whoever the heck Emery's coaching now and then marseille and guendouzi and that will be brilliant
0: the revenge tour.
1: And it is literally the revenge tour all the way to the final. And it will be, I think, huge celebrations for the squad at that point And a sign of hopefully
0: more silverware to come in the future. Man, I love it. That sounds tremendous. I am also predicting that we win. I just we've been set up for this and I think I think the team is uh, in a position where we're deeper, but we're back in. I mean, look at some of the teams that we had. I mean, two years ago, we were a freaking mess and we made it to the Europa League semis. And even the season before that, we put together a good campaign. So, you know, these aren't Champions League quality teams and we're I mean if we finish top four then we have a Champions League quality team. So I think we really need to take advantage of it. I think I think Mikkel's he always seems like he has a chip on his shoulder, but I think uh I think the club's been kind of embarrassed by not not making it um into Europe altogether. And I really think we're gonna come out hot and really batter some teams and you know we're deeper, and we just have we just have a lot of guys that haven't played in Europe, so I'm interested to see that. But, yeah, I just think we're having seen preseason and how the team has come together, I think we're in a great position to, they, I, to be able to do that,
1: yeah, and to add on to that, I don't know if you saw the Granite Jacca interview from a few weeks ago, but he was asked whether he would prefer winning Europa or finishing top four in the Prem. And he said that he wanted to hoist a trophy. And I know he's not wearing the armband for us, but I absolutely think that Xhaka is one of the absolute biggest leaders we have. And if he's saying that, you know that the other players also feel that's the case. And that that's part of why I feel so confident about us lifting that trophy.
0: I love that. I think uh you know we're Arsenal football club it's what we do. We we win trophies and as much as I love the FA Cup and the club loves it, we're meant for bigger things. So I'm absolutely here for it. So all three of us think Europa is uh is ours to lose. I mean, I, I'd like to say we're the favorites and we're continually rising, so I'm very excited. I you know, group stages are group stages, more games, but Yeah, come the quarterfinals, semifinals, these final games, like those are the games you want to be in, especially as a fan. So I think it's ours. Okay, and the granddaddy of them all, the Premier League finish. Kevin, are we finishing top four?
1: Not only are we finishing top four, but we are finishing top three. I think – we will push with City and Liverpool up until, and I think a little bit past even the World Cup. And once those, once the World Cup gets done, Europa Group stage games are done, and we start getting getting into those knockout fixtures. I think the the tougher the fixtures are in the knockout rounds, the more our Premier League season may suffer just a little bit. But I just – I look at Chelsea, and I can't sit here and say, I know I know it was preseason, and we keep saying that, but they just have not done enough for me to convince me that they are that much better than us right now. And Tottenham are one injury away from their season being derailed. They've been mm-hmm. so, so lucky in the past, and I, I just look at them. They were so lucky to finish above us last season. And the way we've strengthened compared to what they've done, even though they've won the summer trophy or the summer transfer trophy, according to sky sports and all those other outlets, I don't really believe that's the case. And I think that it's a bit of a revenge tour in that way too. I think we, we beat them at home again, get a result on the road and, and they're fully in the rearview mirror for us this season. Ben, can you
0: follow that up?
2: I don't know how I could follow that up. I I love it, spicy Kev out here just just giving us some hot takes. scorching Um, I I also have us finishing third. So, um, man, what makes you so confident? Well, just um, just you guys know me. When it comes to the arsenal, I just get so hype. <laughs> I just uh. I just see the guys and I love them all so much. And I think they're all amazing. And I think without injuries, we have a better squad that makes sense. I think Chelsea has some really, really good players. I don't think they make sense. I think United has some, some good players, but they're in shambles. Spuds are terrible. And so I just, I think if we can stay healthy, or as healthy as the other top sides that we just make sense on paper.
0: It's definitely the concern is the health for sure. And it's just impossible to predict. Yeah. I'm also going to go top four. I'm i I'm, I'm going to go fourth just because uh, hard to say we're going to just, I don't know. I don't know how these other teams are going to be. We're going to be behind Liverpool and city and maybe another, and I, I hope Saint Tottenham's Day is here this year. We we get back in the Champions League and we solidify our place back as the kings of North London's, and uh, that's our throne. That's who we are. I, uh, you know, I ask you guys why we're optimistic. I'm optimistic just because the improvement of the depth that has plagued us, and just the law of averages with the injuries, just. We've been ravaged, and I'm just hopeful that they they will end soon and and uh and we'll be back so uh they'll slow down soon we'll we'll maybe get a little luckier than than we have been, so yeah, I think uh I think we finished fourth and above tottenham and we win the europa league that's that's incredible if you guys were to to pick. Your top six in order. What would you say? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about it.
2: I just, at some point, Liverpool and City are going to slip up, and I just don't know when that is. Um, so if I had to bet, I don't. I would. I would say City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, United, then Spurs. Ooh. Like that, like it a lot. Yeah, but there's this just this sneaky part of me that says, is this the year, you know, is there too much turnover at City? Uh, are things getting stale with Liverpool? I, I think those the, that could be true, but I just I'm not ready to, to to bet on that just yet. But I just have a hunch. Kev?
0: Kev?
1: I'm going to go with the exact same group that Benji provided us, except the only change I'll make is I just have not seen United make the moves needed to finish ahead of Tottenham right now. I hate to move Tottenham higher up the list, but I think that United just are such a ways off right now. And the Ronaldo saga going on, the De Jong saga, they are – they seem to be where we were a
0: yeah. year or two they, ago. They need to look in the mirror or look around them and realize we need an Arsenal-like rebuild. And I just don't think they're ever humble enough to say that. They live rent-free in my head. You can easily say that because I look at them and just see see what we were in and but just don't see them getting out of it because I don't think they can – the club has the ability to do that so I what do you there. have
1: nick what's your top 6
0: yeah i'm going to go <laughs> i'm going to go city just because i think losing jesus zinchenko and sterling is a massive blow but i still think they're good enough and i think liverpool losing sane is a huge blow um you know actually i'm going to go with liverpool i think uh I think they get it done. They they didn't. They have enough. But I will say, I do think they've both gotten worse. Yes. Um, I I think they will. I my think my thinking has always been they will steadily start to decline. They have to. You can only continue to replenish so much until you start not getting those right, uh, and then players start to leave. Um. I'm gonna say. Chelsea third. I don't know how. They just they still have a lot of talent. And Tuchel finds a way to get it done with them. I go Arsenal fourth. And then I am going to go Tottenham. You know, they, they've brought in a lot of guys this window. I'm not impressed. But again, it's it's depth as they're competing. Um and then Man, do I put United top six or do I take a punt on like a Newcastle?
2: Ooh, Oof. I thought about putting putting West Ham in there.
0: I think, yeah, with Kamaka, that, that's that'll be interesting. I think you know gets it done. They've had a decent preseason. I think Ten Hag has a lot he needs to figure out and a lot, a lot, maybe even more deadwood than we had. But yeah, that's uh. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that wraps up our questions. Well, I have one more. Oh, a bonus question.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to keep things things All fresh. Right. Who do you think will challenge for top six? Who do you think is going to be that club that's just kind of hovering uh, in and around there, putting the pressure on on the big six clubs? Ooh. In years past, it's been Everton, not last
0: season, though. <laughs> yeah, that is the like the traditional Everton spot, but man, they have not fallen. They have fallen. So are are we
1: considering Tottenham a top six club here? I guess it seems it doesn't seem right. I
0: think I mean they're in the Champions League, so I think we probably.
2: lose credibility if we don't. But in my heart of hearts, I know
1: it's wrong. <laughs> that it's a great question. I think we've already mentioned them a little bit. West Ham have arguably gotten stronger from last season. Somehow Declan Rice is still there. Feel Like he's been linked with every team in the world over the past year. But this summer, to be honest, I don't know that I've heard a single rumor about him leaving West Ham. And I think that signing Skamaka, we tried to talk ourselves into why he'd be a great (laughs) signing for Arsenal. So you can't, you can't hate on that signing too much. And, I think Miguel Antonio has been good for him, but if Skamaka can raise their level just that much more, I think that that gives them a chance to really fight to get into that top six. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I had
2: as well. I think, I think they're just solid. I think they, they know who they are. They, they haven't had a ton of turnover. And so, uh, I could see that happening.
0: Yeah. Nick, I really. You? Yeah, I really do agree with you guys. And I think Moyes is perfect in a position like this with that team. And getting Skamaka, it looks like they're going to get Amadou Onana. Um, and I think he's going to slot in next to Rice, and that's going to be dangerous in the midfield. Um, But I am going to go – man, I was going to go Leicester, but it seems like they're going to have a bit of a fire sale. I'm going to go Newcastle. If they get my boy James Madison, I think uh, you know they got Nick Pope, they got Sven Botman. They've had a, an underrated, like, good window. I, I know they're not there yet, but I think uh, as we found last year, St. James's Park is going to be a potentially even nastier place to play. So I'm going Newcastle. Yeah, that's for you, Stany. I uh,
2: I also I don't think they'll. Be there, but just a um, a shout out to um. Oh, sorry, my brain just went totally dead. Crystal Palace. I think mm. the project that Vieira is undertaking. If they lose Zaha, that's that's not great for them. But um, I do think that that they've just been tough. They they've had a, a decent window. Um, taking uh, a few risks on a few players, but uh, I I think they're going to be tough this year. I think they'll they'll be top eight.
0: Well, speaking of Palace, we play them in just a number of days to open the Premier League season. While we're at these predictions, we might as well just keep going, Kevin. Friday night, Selhurst Park open the league season what are you putting down
1: man it's if doesn't it just feel great to be back making predictions here and i know when we started when (laughs) we started the pod the predictions weren't overall great for us and here's to hoping the 2022-23 campaign will be much more pleasing to our predictions and Just off of preseason, well, first off, Palace have had a really disjointed preseason with COVID and the team being separated, and I think we are just right now further along than probably every other team out there as far as our preparation, and I just can't see how we can take our preseason and that it won't transfer to anything but three points, and it won't be easy, but ultimately we've signed enough firepower up front with Jesus that – I think he gets a goal on either side of the break and we leave Crystal Palace two nil winners and with all three points and that first match back at the Emirates, North London forever is going to be ringing out and it
0: will be just a beautiful day. Man, that sounds tremendous. Sign me up. Ben, what are you going to put down? Started off this podcast
2: many moons ago saying that Arsenal would win three one, and I'm ready to say that again. I think three <laughs> one to the Arsenal. I think, I think yeah, we're just gonna come out and look look good, and by um, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for Friday night. Even though we traditionally the last few seasons haven't opened the season well and especially haven't played well on Fridays, screw it. It's a new season. 3-1 to the Arsenal. Who's scoring the goals, Benny? (sighs) Whoever, man. Uh, I think (laughs) Jesus Jesus will have one. I think Martinelli will have one. And I think Ben White will have one.
0: Oh, I would love that. Get a little shush to the Sellers Park faithful. That'd be awesome. I, man, we need to change this like to the, the optimistic arsenal because I'm going to go three nil. I mean, I really think we go in there and uh, just, just a statement for sure. I mean, it was three nil the other way last year. And I just really think we're going to come out. I mean, like you said, Kevin, we've, been prepared this preseason i think everybody's complaining that we didn't bring any young guys this preseason that's because we need our our first 11 at game speed come the first game of the season and i think the 11 that we saw against sevilla is going to be the 11 that starts and you know that was three nil after a number of minutes and i uh I see it going that way. I mean, Palace is no slouch. I think losing Gallagher is a blow, um, but I just, yeah, three 0 on the road is is a lot, and to to open the season, you know, in Friday night, like we know how the opening season went last year. We know how we traditionally do on non weekend games. It usually, seems like it never goes well. But I feel like we're drilled and well prepared. And you could see that in you know the last two games we won a combined 10 nil against Chelsea and Sevilla. These are teams that you know I don't know if Sevilla's in the Champions League, but they only allowed like 30 league goals. Maybe it was less than that. I don't know. But we battered them, both of them. So I'm uh I'm all for us reversing the 3 0. And I'm gonna go Odegaard, Saka, and gotta be Jesus for sure. So the optimistic Arsenal bros. I love it. Look at us. We're we're finishing top four. We're winning Europa and we're, we're winning to start the season. What more could we ask for? That's great. Just, just a couple more signings. Is that too much to, to be greedy for?
2: I don't think so. I think, uh, I think we just shoot for the moon. Edu's listening right now. And uh, he knows what's up. He's He's going to pass it on to Mikel, who says, this is what the boys want. Let's do it.
0: Got to have it. Wow. Well, Kevin, how do you feel after going through uh, these predictions? Do you feel uh, as optimistic? Do you feel re-energized? Anything stick out?
1: I felt very energized until you picked us for fourth place. And that... (laughs) kind of knocked me back down to earth a little bit.
0: And... I mean, were, were we all going to have the same prediction? For the sake of the pod, any yeah, listener right. is going to be like, these idiots all pick the same exact thing. They're drinking the same Kool-Aid.
1: For sure. And I will say this. I've thought about this a lot over the last couple of weeks. And over my entire Arsenal fanhood, which really began around the Invincibles And that time, shortly after, this is probably the most excited I've ever been for an Arsenal campaign. And I it shows you fair. how far we've come because the lowest points of our Arsenal fanhood were also within these last few years. So Mikel's done what appears to be just an incredible job so far. And here's to hoping that this season takes us to highs we haven't experienced in a long time.
0: Ben, do you agree?
1: I I, I do. I think –
2: it's hard to rate my excitement because I'm absurdly excited every year and just just lose all rationale and reason to start every campaign. But I think this is the most invested I've been in an Arsenal squad uh, since I've I've really been following. And so uh, yeah, yeah, I think this this may be um, the most excited I've, I've been in a long time. So here we go up the Arsenal.
0: Yeah. I agree. This is, I think, the most hopeful I've been. I see it coming together, and it's been, it's been a while. I similar to Kev. I think I began my fanhood in two thousand six, and uh, maybe the peak was the season we finished second to Lester. You know, Ozil, Ramsey, Rzyski, Mikkel, Cazorla. I mean, we oh. were playing free flowing footy and just couldn't push it over the line and not that i'm saying we we're definitely i'm not saying we're putting a title charge on but you know i see things coming together that i hope puts a title challenge together in two to three years and i mean winning Europa would be tremendous that is yeah i mean after we're starving after not having any europe last year without having champions league for so long i think we're going to be happy with a lot of things, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm very ready for sure. <laughs> I don't think I can say that enough, but very, very ready and uh, have followed this team clo- as closely as I ever have. So, and, and yeah, like you said, I'm more invested than I've ever been. So in Mikel, we trust and up the arsenal indeed. So we'll end it there. This is uh, a cracking pod indeed but had a good time boys thanks it's for joining as as always yes
2: yeah, it's as great as always to be with you
0: no doubt tell your friends if you, if you made it this far you're you're the real mvp so let's uh let's cut it here so for ben and kev i am nick we are the arsenal bros up the arsenal Hey, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. We will follow along this season with great intent, and we got all our predictions written down, so we're about to be as exposed as we can, or we're going to be right. Who knows? We'll find out. This is our first full season as the Arsenal Bros, so we are thrilled to follow along, and we appreciate you joining us and following along as well. If you have any suggestions, reach out to us at the Arsenal Bros. Thanks so much for being invested. Up the Arsenal.